Welcome everybody to the IoT Insider Podcast. Uh, my name is Dan Cunliffe, Managing Director of Pangea, and uh, thank you so much for joining us. Today we are very pleased to be joined by one of our team, but also the good doctor in Dr. Oslan Usman, who is our residential 5G expert and has been with us for almost two years now, Oslan, to be honest, in the team. Uh, and today we're going to take a look at how 5G is being used as a force for good in the world. Um, you remember from our last podcast, we spoke a lot about the Nottingham Forest project and how 5G is being used um, over there. And, and we've had some really good feedback on that. So we thought we'll continue and see how things like 5G and um, I guess, you know, connectivity can also be a positive thing in the world. So without ado, welcome, Oslan. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Dan. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. You're very, very, very welcome. Let's dive straight into it um, and talk about 5G as a positive change. So probably one of the more obvious ones um, that's been sort of brought out recently was that the base stations, the 5G base stations versus a 4G base station is actually able to consume less energy. And the kind of stats we've been looking at is um, a Huawei 5G base station using up to 20% less energy than their 4G ones. That already is a big change, right? I mean, because there's mobile networks all over the world. What's your take on that? What's what's maybe the reasons that the guys can learn about? So um, let's start with the fact that uh, there is no wonder that 5G uh, is a splendid technology and has definitely has great superiority over its predecessor 4G. Uh, but the world we live in now is significantly different than when 4G was unveiled nearly 10 to 12 years ago like this. Uh, now we think uh, there are several different aspects that are interconnected. Uh, so it's not only just about rolling out the next generation of wireless networks. We have to think on a global scale and there is a great emphasis on uh, sustainability and environmental pollution. So definitely we cannot neglect the fact that surge in wireless connectivity solutions will definitely result in increase of electricity consumption and consequently leading to more carbon dioxide emissions. But there is good news, definitely there is great news that uh, where a single kilowatt hour of electricity is sufficient to download uh, around 300 high-definition videos using a 4G network, 5G, on the other hand, can, um, definitely because of its improved radio access technology, it can power up to 5,000 ultra-high-definition, not high-definition, it's UHD, ultra-high-definition movie wow, yeah. downloads and it consumes the same amount of energy, same amount of electricity. So it's a very uh, amazing stat there. Um, so these figures, they might seem too ideal, uh, but uh, tech giants like Huawei, as we have mentioned already, that 5G networks or base stations specifically, they consume less energy and to be specific, it's up to 20% less energy compared to 4G base stations. Uh, so tech giants like Huawei, they're already running tests and their results out there. So these are not just theoretical figures. Um, and no, one, no matter how small these numbers seem, when it comes to the fact that by 2022, we will have 10 billion more connected devices, uh, including end-user devices and nodes in smart factories. So collectively, looking at the number of connected devices in a couple of years, you can see that this will save a lot of energy per device. Um, hence leading to less carbon dioxide emissions and paving the way towards a sustainable environment. 100%. And like, I think what's nice is that there's actually been some tangible answers on that. It's not like saying, oh, yeah, it's theoretic that it will do it. You know, we don't want to talk about some of the, 
the things that challenges to 5G, but power consumption is a challenge to 5G, you know, um, in terms of how you use it on the device side. But actually, it's a good news story that the base stations will actually be a far more efficient perspective. And I like your analogy around, you know, when you're downloading something, you're actually probably using more energy because you're taking longer to do it and you're less efficient versus um, this where we are. So no, no, really, really good stuff. I mean, the other the other things that we've been kind of looking through in terms of climate change and improvements there is the computational power that um, 5G enables or the ability to make quicker decisions and to you know reduce the latency across the networks with the ability of 5G helps things like you know improved traffic management or possibly even traffic jams being redirected quicker because the algorithms can be you know way 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 more intense than what they are today I quite like that. I think, you know, air pollution from idling vehicles and traffic jams have actually resulted in over 3 million deaths per year, according to the World Health Organization. And just being able to make, you could argue, simple changes that adjust the way the algorithms are working and being able to have that computational power is pretty important as well. So coming to traffic management, I think here we need to emphasize the best thing that 5G will enable is rollout of vehicular networks. And the stats that you just mentioned by World uh, Health Organization, uh, they're always trying to alarm us with yeah. these stats like 3 million deaths just because of idle traffic or more specifically, you can say it's because of traffic jams. So I believe uh, the drivers refusing to improvise and redirect their vehicles to alternate routes, it plays a big role in creating traffic jams. So one mistake can lead to a traffic jam of like, an hour or so. So we have ex- examples from big economies like India, Turkey, yeah, Philippines, yeah. Indonesia. When V2V communication, that is vehicle-to-vehicle communication, will be enabled using 5G networks, this can be overcome to a greater extent because we will have roadside units, which will be uh, tiny base stations that will be communicating with the cars continuously. Cameras, sensors, lots of AI uh, combined with Google Maps, uh, this will help the drivers driving vehicles to redirect their cars to alternate routes. Those, those routes might be longer, but at the same time, they will help us avoid traffic jams and hence leading towards uh, lesser air pollution and better environment. So vehicular networks, they have certain requirements, of course. So you need ultra reliability and low latency. Yeah. Definitely, these two are very important. So. We have always put great emphasis on uh, the unique use cases of 5G, like ultra-reliable, low-latency communication and massive machine-type communication. So these two combined together, these use cases combined together, will enable vehicular networks. And I think this is the way to go. And 5G has the potential to overcome this. Here, I would like to like create a scenario to just understand how it will make a positive impact. So imagine entering a parking plaza, which has eight floors. And as soon as you enter the plaza, there is a machine there. Let's say it's a roadside unit. Just like I mentioned, it's a base station and it will communicate with your uh, vehicle without you knowing it. Yeah. Directly take this car to the seventh floor and park here. That's the available parking space. So it saves you like five to 10 minutes easily. In my experience, and if it is saving five to ten minutes, if you take it to the global scale where billions of cars are out there, so then definitely it will lead to lesser electricity consumption and also fuel consumption. So yeah. again, and on the longer run, we can see that it's proving to be sustainable. I think it's really about, and and I've kind of felt this about IoT for a long time, is that you know the ability to to make small changes, but these small changes are 
you know, kind of delivered globally, that makes the difference. You know, these little things where you know, like you talk about the parking situation or you talk about the way that we have a V2V, a vehicle-to-vehicle network, which you could argue that governments may actually mandate that vehicles of the future have um, air quality and environmental sensors on them as part of their rollout, right, as part of building them in the future so that we can take that information and um, use it for good, you know, and really learn about what's going on and start to, you know, not that I want to, sort of point to uh, the kind of COVID situation. But one of the positives of which there are not too many out of COVID, but one of the positives is the fact that our cities are actually far cleaner in terms of the fact that we've not been traveling. You know, we've all been working from home and living from home. So the environmental impact has been pretty useful. And I will just apologize if you heard a child running in the background because it was, it. we are recording this um, in safe spaces uh, well, well over two meters apart. So yeah, you know, and, and, and kind of I see, I can see that happening. I really can. 5G is a massive play towards that because of more devices are able to be connected per square kilometer because of, you know, the technology. It's like, um, so you have up to a million devices per square kilometer when it comes to massive machine type communication in 5G. So definitely in vehicular networks or a single base station, if you're connected to a single base station per person, let's say your car has I don't know how many connected devices there will be. There will be sensors communicating with the roadside units. You have your own devices. So let's say per household, you can expect per normal household where there are three to four family members, you can expect that you will have around 20 to 25 devices. So definitely we will need uh, technology that can cater these kind of needs from end user perspective. Yeah, 100%. Okay, let's maybe talk a little bit about some of the other areas we want to concentrate on. So we want to talk a little bit about conservation. I want to talk a little about sort of accessibility outside of your norm, and then we maybe cover healthcare pretty quick. But in terms of the conservation side, last podcast, we spoke a bit about forest conservation, but we maybe wanted to talk a little bit about how can we help the endangered animals um, and and, and sort of what 5G solutions could do for that. Um, is there anything that you thought about in that perspective that we can maybe share with the guys? Yes, um, I was just reading a news recently regarding the world's only white giraffe. It's, <laughs> it's very, it's fascinating. At the same time, it's worrisome that it's the only white giraffe left <laughs> and has been fitted with a tracking device to keep the poachers away in northeast Kenya. Wow. So uh, it's very alarming for us when we hear such kind of news. Um, so. This can be done in a more efficient manner if there is a technology, of course, talking about 5G, that supports more number of connected devices per square kilometer. So here I will give an example of Huawei's very recent project that they have been doing in Canada. Okay. So what they need to do is, in so you know that Canada is full of forests. It's yeah. a mass, massive country. It's full of forests and they always have problems uh, regarding endangered species declining continuously and also illegal deforestation is a big issue there. So Huawei has planned some project where they put audio sensors all over the forest. So you definitely need a lot of uh, audio sensors here. And they have used artificial intelligence to uh, sort of underscore or highlight uh, alien noises that usually don't belong to a forest. And then they alarm the park rangers that, okay, there is something going on. It's like, it sounds very unfamiliar. It shouldn't happen. And they stay proactive. And this way they can stop the illegal uh, deforestation and poaching 
So this is a wonderful project, I think, if it becomes a reality. So just for our viewers, if um, for our listeners, they, if they want to uh, Google it out, it's called Guardians in Rainforests. Yeah, yeah. So you can see that how it's uh, creating a positive impact. And they have chosen Canada because Canada is one of the countries where since 1970 till today, uh, the endangered species have been continuously in decline and Poaching is a very big reason there. Well, it's the it's the only it's the only way, in my view, to try and not just you know start to tackle poaching because poaching will happen because there's always poverty in the world, right? And people are trying to they're doing it because you know they're obviously driven by the poverty that they live in to kind of make these things happen. And um, the education part around you know that these a lot of this um, being from South Africa, we we get a lot of rhino poaching, yeah, um, and a lot of elephant poaching for their horns and for their tusks and it's not worth that much, you know. It's not worth <laughs> these things that people think it is. But the only way to curb it at long term is to is to use the technology to try and prevent um, the action happening, but also uh, obviously educating the people that these things are not kind of in, you know, not as valuable as they perceive it to be. Um, just um, just conscious of kind of the recording time. Just I actually want to talk a little bit about the project that that you particularly are are working on regarding healthcare and particularly how the solutions we're trying to drive um, with in-ambulance uh, 5G solutions uh, could could actually really save lives. Do you maybe just want to give us a, a bit about that, how it's going and kind of where we're, where we're on our way to? So um, we have spoken uh, a number of times about the project, so I hope that our listeners already <laughs> have an, an idea of what we're uh, talking about here. So in summary, we're trying to connect the UK's ambulances through 5G networks so that we can enhance the quality of pre-hospital healthcare. So there's there is certain data that is produced within the ambulances that is not communicated with the hospitals or doctors. And if on time it is communicated, then definitely it can lead to two very big advantages. One, uh, saving lives, lives, of course. Two, uh, sometimes patients don't need, really need to be hospitalized. Yeah. Just efficiency. All they need is a patient, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> so um, these two advantages will be the ones uh, that will really reshape uh, how we see healthcare in UK. Yeah. Uh, very soon. So right now we are, we are already done with the research part of it. And now we are moving towards the development phase. And we have a number of end users uh, like and it's just Freud and Trust is taking keen interest in our project and they're helping us to have uh, connections with London Ambulance Services, Kent and Sussex Ambulance Services. There are end users and we're trying to uh, get everything done on the right time so that we can do tests and bring this product uh, commercially available. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it's a it's a decent shout out because it is a way that we are using the technologies in a real world environment. You know, we spoke a lot about um, examples that are out there and um, other countries, but actually doing it in Pangea itself is actually pretty cool. I just add one more to that. Something that's been very um, recent actually is that we're we're working with one of our partners to deliver um, the rollout of the vaccine um, stations. So hopefully, the COVID vaccine is something that is going to be positive and kind of makes those changes really really viable. But um, again, you know, in healthcare, being able to connect anywhere you are. Um, be able to connect quickly and so that you can effectively pop up um, something like a vaccine center in 
anywhere you are is very important because that means people don't have to all go to hospitals and risk spreading the disease before the vaccine gets applied. It's pretty interesting. No, perfect. I mean, I think I think that that, that probably brings us to the end of this one. Um, really, really good, you know, kind of examples from um, improvements in kind of using less energy with the base stations, uh, vehicle to vehicle networks and how that drives improvements in air pollution. We talk about conservation and, of course, healthcare and, and our project. Just before we say goodbye, was there anything, anything else that you would just kind of talk about a little bit around around sort of 5G and, and its versions of good? I believe that 5G has all positive aspects tied to it. So it's it's a good thing that uh, in this podcast, we have mainly spoken about the positive outcomes of 5G because we all need some positivity in our lives right now. Very true. Uh, yeah, that was the aim of this podcast. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, very good point and very and very well made. Um, so yeah, thanks very much to everybody who's been tuning in and listening. We, we do appreciate it. Please do subscribe. Um, head over to our website uh, and subscribe to our newsletters where you know stories like this one and, and many others are kind of posted out on a monthly basis. We do see our kind of role in this is to provide you know, relevant and important content right across IoT and the, and the world of connectivity. If you do have any plans to make a difference with 5G in your own product, please do give us a call or um, drop us a note through the website. We'll be, we'll be very interested to talk and kind of listen to you. Signing off on that, uh, Dr. Oslan, thank you so much for joining us again. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. No worries. And um, yeah, for those of you who uh, are listening to us for the first time, thank you and uh, do definitely join us again. That's uh, me, Dan Cunliffe, Managing Director of Pangea. Thank you so much.